Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfo Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfo Show. That's delicious. We are on fire here at the Bradfo Show, and we are going to continue that trend with the Why Mike Moustakis is Not a Member of the Boston Red Sox podcast. Really, that's just part of the conversation I had with Kansas City Royals general manager Dayton Moore, guy who's been on the podcast before, and it seemed like a timely uh, opportunity to have him on once again, considering Kansas City's coming into town. And not only that, but we have the trade deadline, and Dayton's always good talking about the trade deadline, and, and his team always seemingly is in the middle of what is going on when it comes to who is buying, who is selling, all of that, and whether or not you know this team is really going to make a run at it. It's really a bizarre situation for Kansas City, usually at this time of year, over the last few years, where you've had early July, it looks like they're going one way, and then late July, they're going the other way. And that seemingly has happened the last five years. Well, they are absolutely no doubt buyers this time around. They are right in the mix. They are one of the hottest teams in baseball, and they got five free agents who are going to, or five potential free agents, who are going to are really make up the foundation of this team. They have some tough, tough decisions to, to make. And right now, it doesn't look like they're going to trade any of them. The one of those guys, as the aforementioned Mike Moustakis, who the Red Sox would love to have. I mean, tell me he wouldn't be a perfect fit on this team, but it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Uh, so Dayton Moore explains exactly what the Royals' line of thinking was over the last couple of months when it comes to all the rumors and all the strategy at the trade deadline about trading these guys, particularly Moustakis. So it's a good conversation. Dayton's always good to talk to. So here it is. Well, we're very fortunate once again to have Dayton Moore, the guy who calls the shots for the Kansas City Royals, the red-hot Kansas City Royals who are coming into Fenway Park here. Um, but, you know, first of all, Dayton, how are you? Welcome back. 
Great, Rob. Nice to be with you. Everything's going okay. Yeah, yeah. You guys are playing pretty well, and, and it's weird, Dayton, because it seems to me, and I follow you guys every year, but it seems to me around this time, you guys are the most up-and-down, chaotic uh, July team, I think, that I remember. And it must be, because of that, it must be bizarre for you at these trade deadlines. You've had to come to make decisions that come right down the deadline in terms of whether you're buyers or sellers. Am I wrong in that? In the last couple of years, it seemed that way anyway. Well, it has. And, you know, that, but that, that's the nature of baseball, as you know. And, um, you know, our, our team is, is – the success of our team is – is predicated on you know everybody pulling for one another. Uh, of course, we, we've got a, a couple players in, in Mike Moustakis and, and Salvador Perez who really have an exceptional years. Eric Hosmer is playing to his accustomed level and you know so consistent uh, day in and day out, offensively, defensively, running the bases, his energy, his approach, and so uh, you know we just uh, it seems like at times we, we go through stretches where everybody's hot at the same time and then everybody's cool at the same time and of course this group of players have grown up together in the minor leagues and uh, they won championships at the minor league level and you know this core group experienced the ultimate uh, success in, in the world championship in 2015 so i think they understand you know the, the ups and downs and the phases that every player goes through over 162 games well you talked about that core group and and in terms of this year, the ups and downs of this year, it must it must be difficult for a couple reasons. Number one, you you have had your ups and downs. You're playing very well. You got right back in the race. You're clearly in in postseason consideration. But there was a time thinking, well, maybe this is going to be a seller type deal, and that was a while ago. But when you have a core group like that, and you have so many free agent, important free agents, you have five, I think five really sort of core guys who are free agents. When you're looking back, when you aren't going well, and thinking, "Wow, man, this is this is going to be a tough decision come July." You know, Rob. You know, one thing I would say about that, um, just to be very transparent, um, you know, you, you 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 always have a pretty good idea of what the value is of your players within the industry. Okay, so if we were going to maximize uh, the the potential return for any of the free agents that we have the time to do that is when they had at least two years left on their contract or their control, which would have been after the 2015 season. And of course that's when we uh, just came off a world series championship. So that wasn't a thought process to trade those guys, but you know, we knew the reason we've never really focused on being sellers is because we've understood um, from back to the winter meetings uh, this past December in conversations with other teams. What, yeah, they like our players, but what they're willing to give in return simply wasn't anything that we felt that would really make a strong impact, uh, you know, in our organization and put us on a, a pathway to future uh, success. And when I'm talking about future success, I'm talking about winning the championship. So, um, we never, we, we just, so in evaluating that, we just have been locked in from day one of the time we got spring training. You know what? We're going to do everything we can to support this group of players and, 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 and our fan base and, and continue to try to ride this thing out and, and put the best team we can on the field. Now, the landscape can change. Injuries do occur. So the value of your players um, perhaps changes in the minds of, of other organizations. And, you know, that's what we do. We stay in contact. Uh, we're constantly monitoring, uh, 
you know, what we can possibly do to improve our team. But there's never really been anything out there that has been, uh, you know, worth even looking into. Uh, so we've always just been focused on let's just win with this group. And, uh, you know, therefore we, we made a deal uh, earlier in the week uh, to uh, improve our bullpen. Uh, we like the deal that we made. And, uh, you know, we're still you know, currently searching for opportunities to get better. When, and Dayton, when you talk about, I remember we came to Kansas City when the Red Sox came to Kansas City, and everyone went over to the Royals clubhouse and hung around Mustakis's locker because Red Sox needed the third baseman. So we were all going to talk to Mike Mustakis, and I, I don't know what he would have, what could have possibly said, but along the lines of what you're talking about, when you know that all right, we're gonna, we're, if we were going to trade you, you probably would have traded you before this. We're going to ride with you guys. This is going to be the core. We're going to try to win until the very last moment. Do you, when you have all these rumors and when you have the Boston media surrounding this guy's locker, do you have to say to anything to these guys who are potential free agents who are in these rumors and say, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's just all noise? Well, it, it depends. I mean, have I had those conversations before? Yes. Do I prefer not to? Absolutely, because the game changes. And as soon as you make a, a comment like that or a statement, and you look a player in the eye and you say, hey, look, you're not going anywhere. Uh, you're here. Don't worry about it. Don't pay attention to the rumors. And the next thing you know, somebody calls you and it just makes a, a proposal that it's just you know, too good to be true or something you, you simply cannot refuse. Um, then you, you look like a fool and you look uh, untrusting. And, and that's, nothing, that's, that's not uh, an ingredient or a character trait I want attached uh, to the Kansas City Royals or my name. So you, you choose uh, to let the manager and, and, uh, and the coaches kind of handle those situations in a way that just uh, counsels the player to go out and play baseball, just like you did when you were a little boy. And don't worry about, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the speculation and the business side of it. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that our players, have, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've grown up, uh, as I said, together, and uh, they've experienced a lot of things together. They're veteran-type players, and uh, they've learned to manage it pretty well. And, and what you know and I know, uh, the minor leagues prepares players physically and mentally to make it to the major leagues. And then once you break into the major leagues, that those early years uh, of, of experiencing the hard knocks of the game continues to mold you and shape you and create uh, a mental toughness about you that allows you to separate uh, and go out uh, and just play baseball. So these guys are pretty mentally tough when it comes to just you know playing the game. Yeah, it's interesting to bring up the minor leagues. Before I get into the, sort of the landscape of the deadline, as we have only a few more days here left, I remember you saying how much you prioritize taking care of your minor league managers, and I and I think I heard from somewhere that maybe you guys pay pay you maybe more pay your minor league managers more than maybe anybody in baseball, and that to me seemed like such a good idea, such a good approach. And and if if anybody who thinks it is not, well, just look at what you're talking about, your core group, your success, your sustained success, and I, I'm just wondering from you. Have you seen that? Have you seen that where we've implemented this and this has allowed us to get to this point where it hasn't been one or two years, it's been a while now, where you do have this core group and you keep bringing guys up? Well, you know, it's, it's important. I, I think the environment is everything. Your culture is so crucial. Uh, you can't have a, a, a consistent winning 
culture and environment, unless you have stability, you know, with your minor league managers, your major league coaching staff, uh, your leadership team, that obviously uh, begins with ownership's uh, support of, of what we try to implement and accomplish uh, as a baseball operations department. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, it, it is important. You, you do not want a lot of change uh, with, with your leaders. And, uh, you know, we, we know in our market, Rob, that, you know, change at the major league level is inevitable. I mean, we, we simply aren't going to be able to keep star players here uh, on a long-term basis. So if, there, if the major league club is going to experience change in terms of their players, we certainly don't want to be changing scouting directors and farm directors and minor league managers and, and area scouts uh, uh, and, our, and, and scouting supervisors uh, if we don't have to. We, 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 we strive for that continuity. And uh, to do that, you got to treat people right. Uh, you got to make it an environment where they want to work, and uh, certainly you've got to do your best uh, to compensate them fairly, and uh, we've always tried to do that. You know, it, it, to go back to what I was talking about, the trade deadline, it's every trade deadline's different, and, and I, I, I feel terrible asking this question because I feel like I'm just, I just default to it every single trade deadline. But as we sit here right now, how is this feel? How does this market feel? Um, from where you're sitting. And, and I understand that you don't have the same needs as the Red Sox or the Yankees, or you have your own set of needs, but how does the market feel? Uh, is it one of these things where it's going to come right down to the last minute, or can we even tell that? You never can tell because the landscape of Major League Baseball changes daily. And, uh, I mean, there, there's things that you know and I know that are going on in that clubhouse that that maybe the general manager or, or the, the manager or the coaching staff and then some of the players know, but nobody else knows. And it usually is, uh, pertains to things maybe going on in the, in the personal life of the player or certainly from a medical standpoint. So every one of us are always monitoring. Every general manager is always monitoring that and trying to predict what's going to happen in the future and make sure they have enough depth if things uh, go away. Um, because at the end of the day, nobody wants to hear that somebody, you know, that, that they got hurt or your, your roster's weakened because of circumstances that perhaps you couldn't predict. The bottom line is you got to come up with solutions. It's the major leagues, and uh, there there are no excuses uh, for for not uh, uh, going out and, and winning baseball games. You either do it or you don't. So you know, we always pride ourselves on trying to create as much depth as we possibly can, and. But deals, as you know, also can come together very, very quickly. Uh, we have so much information out there today. It's the most analyzed and evaluated uh, generation of baseball players ever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so we can um, put the deals together rather quickly uh, because everybody does such an exceptional job of not only evaluating their own players, but evaluating the other 29 uh, teams' players. It would seem, it's funny you say that, because it would seem almost it might take it longer because there's so much information and there's so that leads to so many differing opinions. Or is it just that you have so much information and you've organized it, so when someone brings up a player, a single-A player, it's boom. Yes, we either like him or we don't. Well, they can, that's for sure. And um, there's no doubt about it. So it, it, it can perhaps paralyze you from making a deal because there is so much information out there. And um, But you're constantly filtering through it. And I think this time of year, everybody has a clear direction of what they're trying to accomplish. And um, you know, so I, I think deals can come together 
rather quickly. Of course, it depends on, uh, you know, the directness and the transparency of the general manager. And uh, But if they have clearly defined goals of what they're trying to do uh, and those are understood and recognized uh, by the potential trading partner and if, the, if their goals uh, line up, then deals uh, usually get done. Along those lines, what's it like to deal with Dave Dombrowski? Well, Dave is, uh, in my mind, one of the, the more professional, most talented, and, and certainly one of the more accomplished uh, general managers, I think, in the, in the history of our game. You know, he's always won. He's, he's highly professional. He's very prepared, extremely articulate. Um, you know, he understands. I think there's very few general managers in the game, maybe in the history of the game, that have understood uh, the business side and the baseball side. Uh, Dave is certainly one of those guys, and uh, you know he's, he's underst- he understands scouting and player development, the importance of it. He knows the baseball end of it. And he also understands the business side of it, and it's a it's a it's a perfect combination of uh, of what it uh, takes uh, uh, to be a, a long lasting successful general manager. And you know Dave has those qualities. Last question, Dayton. When you look at you've been universally praised when you made your World Series runs about you have the you've constructed this bullpen and and how that was sort of ahead of the curve and, and that's the way baseball's gonna go. I'm just curious, when you go to build your team, let's say go build your team this year and even maybe looking forward to next year, has has how you built your team changed compared to five years ago? Well, we we, we want first of all, we want guys who are gonna be great teammates guys are going to connect with the community, guys are going to put their, their teammates first and go out and try to win for one another, that's, that's so important. Uh, if, if your most talented players uh, don't care the most, work the hardest, uh, compete the best, your team will never reach a ceiling. So that's what we, we want to do. We want our teams to reach their ceiling. So those players that have those types of ingredients, you know, have got to be able to, to be selfless and, and, and play for the good of the group. Uh, that also being said, we, we have to have defense in our ballpark. You know, when you look at, you know, and I, we, don't, we don't make excuses for our market, um, but truth of the matter is, you know, we're very rarely going to have a top, a couple top rotation pitchers uh, on our staff. So, but we need players that are going to compete like number one. And that means they're going to work quickly. They're going to command their fastball. Uh, they're going to field their position. They're going to hold runners. They're going to compete their tail off and prepare uh, those four days leading up to their, their start, and uh, they're going to go out and give us a chance to win. And But the only way they're going to uh, be able to stay in the game and be successful is if we're making plays, and our ballpark demands that you can catch the ball. I will say this. There's there's very few outfields mm. that can come into Coughlin Stadium and, uh, and play it well. Uh, the Boston Red Sox are one of them, mm. and uh, they, those, those guys cover a lot of ground. We, we see it constantly in a – three-game series or a four-game series, once you get to, you know, to game two or game three or game four, uh, it starts taking its toll a little bit on, on the outfield. Uh, so we, we've always prided ourselves and make sure we have athletes that can cover our outfield first. Uh, certainly build uh, a strong catcher is crucial. I, I, don't, I think that the commonality of the teams that are going to be in the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs, they all have a catcher back there that they trust. Uh, who can call a game, breathe confidence in the in the pitching staff, uh, block, uh, receive, 
certainly uh, control the running game, uh, have that presence. Uh, it's, it's so crucial. And then the other part of that is I think if you can't match up the last third of the game, you're in trouble because I know it, I think it was Earl Weaver who said that uh, momentum in baseball is next day's starting pitcher, and there's certainly a lot of truth to that. But if you win late, uh, there is a feeling that is somewhat undescribable. The, the release, the relief, the joy of winning late, a walk-off, if you will, uh, and it does carry over the next day. You feel good about, you know, uh, in the, such an emotional and, and mental game. And then losing late is very demoralizing. It can have a hangover effect. So um, that, that's all, you know, that's what we've tried to do. Uh, but it starts with being great teammates, and uh, that's, that's important if you're going to win over 162. It's there can't be a lot of drama. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's funny you mentioned the the Red Sox sort of being made for your stadium. It it does remind me of when the Red Sox back when I was growing up in the in the late 70s and and you had the those teams that hit the home runs, but they could never win in Kansas City because the Kansas right? City team, wow. oh, the Kansas City team was built totally different. I mean, you have Willie Wilson and and these guys running around, and but that's kind of how the Red Sox are right now. So. Yeah, they, 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 uh, you know, there's a few other teams that uh, can cover it. Um, Texas being one of them. You know, we just played Texas right after the break, and and uh, you know, they they cover the outfield pretty good as well. So, but that's something we always mindful of. We, we like two guys in our outfield that can play center field. Uh, Alex Gordon doesn't have plus speed, but his routes are really, really good. We put him in center field a little bit. Certainly not something you'd want to commit to every day. Jorge Bonifacio is not a center fielder, but. Uh, we like his range and his reads uh, in the outfield. So, uh, but it's something we've been mindful. Of. We always have to carry two center fielders uh, on our on our team. Well, Dayton, thanks so much, and, and it's going to be a good series. It's going to be. It's this is this is where we start seeing the good teams play the good teams, and and then you add in the trade deadline. It's going to be a fun weekend. Well, I hope so. And uh, Rob, you have a good day. Thanks for having me on. All right, thanks, Dayton. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection and a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Welcome to History Is Us. I'm Dr. Eddie Esglaw, Jr. Join me as we journey through history to face the ugly truths at the heart of the American story. 
Throughout this series, we explore who we are as a nation. Listen to History Is Us, a creation and presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meachin Studio. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.